Welcome to another inspirational message from Liberty Church in Omaha, Nebraska. I know of at least 10 of our members who are not here because of health situations. And uh, that's all I know of. There will be others. And then we ourselves here, uh, you know, everybody's dealt with certain things, whatever. But God's word never returns void. It accomplishes every single thing that it's sent to do. And it prospers in that place. And that place is your body and the body of our church family. And whether it's a tiny little cold or COVID or something more of a challenge, it's just important that we take time and pray. So Father, right now, we come in agreement. Your word says if two or three gather in your name, you're here. And if we agree in prayer, we have it. So we lift up the entire church family here at Liberty and declare health, speedy recovery, strength, backs to be straightened and strengthened, ankles no longer aching, temperatures gone. We speak abundance to our bodies as a church family, to our little ones, to the oldest, in the name of Jesus. Amen? Well, I've been pastoring now with Deborah for 39 years, and you tend to notice a few things. You notice that there are certain times or seasons, I don't know if that's the best way to use the word there, but uh, if you want to see uh, people gone from a church, you just go to Memorial Day, first chance to have a vacation. Fourth of July, we've had some huge attendance. We've had some very poor attendance. It just depends how you're going to deal with it. The two weeks before school starts, last chance to get a family vacation. And you sit there and people that you love to see, you don't get a chance to see them. And it fluctuates dearly between Thanksgiving and the first of the year because people travel, there's so many things going on, and... Uh, that's all well and good. I just look forward to seeing the church family, seeing the faces and smiling. Uh, one of the reasons I want to go to the shower for Tiffany particularly, and Michael, you get to come. <laughs> but see, I had the privilege of six months of marriage training for them. And I just, my heart just grew to them and has to this day. And Deborah and I were in the minority at the wedding. We were in Atlanta, Georgia, and people wondered, why is that guy there? Until they heard the wedding put together. And then I had one of their family members come to me and said, now I know why you're here. We've just bonded. Uh, we've never really made it a rule or a, a, a habit to have showers for people unless it's a pastor's you know, like little Rosie or something like that. But you know what? They're having a girl. Their whole life is going to change. She better look like you, Tiffany. <laughs> just, so, just as long as she looks like you. Which was my prayer for Mercedes. Please, God, let her look like Deborah. Please, not the McGaffin side. No, no. 
she could have my wonderful personality. <laughs> but please let her look like Deborah, please. But uh, one of the things that was always big, we worked our tail off from day one till now. We haven't missed everything that we've committed to do. But the other thing on the backside is we know how to work hard. We also know how to play hard. And one thing that I've dearly hated during COVID was the fact that we couldn't gather and laugh together and have fun outside in the land and enjoy that and have the picnic out there and other things that we like to do. And why some of us are working our tail off at our jobs, we need to laugh. And then this group, bless his heart, Mike Schaub is home today. I don't think he's missed a service in 39 years. I just don't think he has. But he, he's home today. They last week went downtown in the sub-zero wind chill. They only fed 15 people. They had food for 300. But if downtown, if you don't have a place to live, a place to stay warm, if you get one, you don't lose it. And so we took the food over to the Francis house, which is what we always have done, being good stewards or whatever we have that day. We took it over to the Francis house and, because they were double full. And we provided them with food for free that was good and stuff. So all the work, all the effort of beautiful Savior and all the people's things were put to good use. But then when we've worked hard, I want to come together. I want to smile. If it's just to give Bill Gurman a hard time, it's worth coming. You know what I mean? He's the first member of this church. So giving him a hard time just seems right. But I got a card in the mail made out to Liberty Church, not Love Omaha. It was from Kansas. It was a family that we provided good food for at Rainbow House Children's Hospital for a week. This lady's from another state. We only tell them Love Omaha because we don't want to give a religion, churchy thing to it, as much as we just want to help. She had to dig to get our name. And she sent us a card saying, we thank you for the food. We didn't have any. Holiday, Children's Hospital, their child is needing to come from a longer area away to come there for what they can do for their child, and they didn't have food. They didn't have Christmas trees. They didn't, they didn't have all the hoopla that we all loved and enjoy at this time of year. They got food. So whether it's 300 people downtown or 15. Well, it's just the one family. Every penny that comes into this church flows out of this church. It just goes back out and touches lives. During the pandemic, during the COVID, we couldn't gather. Our offerings didn't go down. We couldn't meet with the faithfulness of wonderful people. Blew me away because I have some friends in the ministry and some of them were dearly hurt financially. We weren't. We weren't. But I also knew that the people who gave their tithes and their offerings were prospering. During the tough time, they're growing. They're doing well. They're going to do weller. Amen? Now this year, uh, Pastor Mercedes and I, 
she came up with the term crazy faith. I just call it great faith. We're, we're going to have some great crazy faith things this year. I want to talk to you. I never thought I would be a pastor. I was selling clothes. I was uh, selling siding. I was doing all kinds of stuff. I, this was not something I knew was coming back when I was 22, 23. But you know what did happen? God's hand was upon my life like he, his is on yours. And every day I would witness, I would share, Deborah would witness, we would share. We weren't phony Christianity people. We just told what Jesus does in our lives and shared him with people. And that began to grow. And that began to, okay, we're going to reach out and we're going we're to help some churches in North Omaha. The Great Exchange. Citywide picnics. I can remember Pastor Patterson when it was a cowboy theme that year. He had a ride. Uh, we made a horse that was like a barrel and put a saddle on it. And he said, Jim, black people don't ride horses like this. We, I, this, this is not what I do. He rode the horse, bless his heart. He lasted about 15 seconds and got bucked off. We did that. We did the 99. We did the wrestling outreach. Besides all the little things and everything in between that we do. But coming together as a family, that's why I want to go to the shower so bad. Because I just want to hang out. I just want to smile. We, we got the food ready for deliveries for the school and all that. I can't do what they needed done. But I was there and I made sure I talked to every single person. So I encourage you. Your schedule gets jacked through COVID. You get used to doing other things and it's so warm in bed, why do I get out? We canceled last week because of the deep wind chill making it hard to breathe on people. We weren't going to have little children and older people here trying to be here, having to breathe that from their car to whatever. That was too much. You know, we've done that a couple times. But I want to get together. I, I want to hang out. I want to laugh. I want a Miss Evelyn hug. How many can always use a Miss Evelyn hug? Okay, between her and I'm a clown, Chris, <laughs> you're going to get the best hugs on the planet. You just are. But just a smile. Just to get a fist pump from the Felder boys. Just to get a fist pump by the boys. Just stuff like that. Are you ready for the word? Okay, now we're going to teach on faith. And that's important because it says the just will live by faith. But many believers don't know how to use their faith. And they are more in hope than they are in faith that there's going to be a change in their life. And I want to give you some instructions today from God's Word that will cause you to understand great faith and what 2022... We have more to do in 22. Let me guarantee you that. We got more to do in 22. And each one of you count. To get it done. Amen? Let's go, to, let's go to the Word. I happen to have two pages of the Word. <laughs> but we're going to go to Mark chapter 4. By the way, the word great, in a, uh, one of the dictionary terminology for it was something bigger than you. I mean, I'm here in Great is bigger. In 22, I want to bring more people to church than I did in 21. 
I got nine people in December came and visited because I invited them. They could have said no. Some said they'd come and didn't. But you know what? Nine did come. I just keep asking. I'm in a wheelchair and I smile. They're not going to give me any crap. They're generally pretty nice to me. So, hey, you ought to come. You ought to come. Come on. Pastor, you really? Oh, yeah. I lay it on thick. I want you to come. Why? Because there are marriages that need to be worked on. There are kids that need futures. People need salvation. In Mark chapter 4, and we're the first one through eight verses, four through eight actually, is called the sower sows the word. Okay? In verse 11 it says that unto you is given to know the mysteries of the kingdom, but unto them that are without all these things alone, I speak to them in parables. God wants you to understand his word and his word of faith. And he says about the sower, if you don't understand the sower sows the word, you won't understand anything else that I teach. Everything is based upon this. Are we good? He says in verse 33, you get there. And I got to turn the page. And when he, uh, with many such parables, spoke he the word unto them as they were able to hear it. But without a parable spoke he not unto them. Okay, and then in the same day, when evening was, he said, come, let us pass to the other side. And they entered a boat. Now, he taught the most important message of his whole gospel, the sower sows the word. It falls on different kinds of heart. It sows on thorny, hard, good, and each one you either get... Uh, I hated when we had our first garden down at our first little house. We had three acres and a little garden. And the birds would eat up our seed. We'd be planting it, and then here they come. And then her horse, Rocky, can lean through the barbed wire and eat the apples off the tree. I wanted the dadgum apples. And the horse ate them. And our, our garden wasn't very good because the birds ate them. Don't let anything give you a hard heart. When seed is sown on it, it doesn't take root. That is the most important message. Now understand, Jesus now is going to get into a boat. When we were in Israel, we, uh, they, we actually went on an Israeli fishing boat, not a ride, like an amusement park, but it is the same size that they used to fish in the times of Jesus. And it's made out of the same stuff. It's not made out of uh, plexiglass or anything. It's made out of the wood that they would use. It's very authentic. And in the back, they have a little old hooded area in the back. And so if, if it's raining or it's too hot, you know, you can get out of the weather. But Jesus went back there to take a nap. He preached his guts out all day. Now, it doesn't look like you spend a lot of energy, but they will tell you, if you preach for one hour, you've run 10 miles. That's how much physical energy it takes to preach. Jesus preached all day to multitudes without a PA, without air conditioning, without ushers. He had the 12 disciples, and they weren't all that sharp. They made a lot of mistakes. And a couple of these guys own fishing businesses. 
and Jesus wanted to go to the other side of the lake, and they got in the boat, and he went, and he fell asleep. You, do you blame him? No, but the wind came up, and the waves came up, and I've been on a pontoon when a tornado was approaching, we were at a lake between Omaha and Fremont, and you could see it come, and how hard the pontoon had to fight just to get to the dock. I thought, I mean, the water was coming up over on the floor waves. And it was a little scary. Well, professional fishermen got scared. And they went back and said, Master, don't you care that we perish? Agreed? And Jesus got up and said, oh, you poor guys. I feel so sorry for you. After the greatest message that you could hear, that you could turn something around and move in the power of the living God, you aren't thinking about that. You're going, we're going to perish. Jesus was not talking about perish. When he said the other side, he meant we're going to the other side. Remember, this is the same guy who walked on the water to go to the other side. Okay? So I just wanted to get you to this point. He says in verse... Oh, between 36 and 40, verse 40, why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? He stood and said, peace be still. They marveled at what kind of man is this that can tell the waves of the storm to stop? But Jesus corrected them. And he brought up, why are you so fearful? Most of us have had to deal with our flesh. And if our flesh does, if we don't smell it, see it, sense it, taste it. Uh, we can say we move in faith, but oftentimes without the senses agreeing with us, we have a hard time of being, did God really hear my prayer? Is it really going to change? And that's what these guys just did. Why are you so fearful? Why is it you have no faith? One said no faith. Why is, one said, why is your faith so small? I don't want to be a Christian all my life for some Gosh, since I was 19, 20 years old, I, I don't want my faith to be little. I want my faith strong for me, for my wife, for my kids, for my grandkids, for my friends. I want my faith strong that when I pray, things happen. Amen? Amen. Don't think the people we pray for today, nothing's going to happen. Oh, the gym just did that. No, I prayed, shot doesn't miss. He's got to get his little body back here. Sue Boris comes in a wheelchair, and she's here more than anybody else. I can't think of anybody out does her other than Shab. Tammy and her come all the time. She couldn't come this time. I don't like that. I want it changed. So we pray, because our God is great. Now, I started having miracles in my life when I gave my life to the Lord. I didn't know what I was doing. I was 19, 20 years old. I had encounters with God when I was a child in second grade and in high school. I had encounters where I knew he was there and uh, I didn't know what to do. But my lovely wife took me to a full gospel businessman's convention and I heard them preach on Mark 11, 23 and 24 all week long. Then I saw it demonstrated by at least... 20 people instantly heal out of a packed house at their ballroom at the Hilton Hotel, walk out of wheelchairs, get rid of crutches. I've never seen anything like this before, but my faith was alive. God healed my knee. 
I ripped up my right knee playing basketball senior in high school, and I had to have it operated on. My leg hurt, and the way to keep the muscles strong is to work on them, so I worked out, but they still hurt. And Norval Hayes was the preacher that night, and he said, there's a man in here with pain in his right leg. Got the right leg. He had a choice of two, but he said the right leg, and that was my leg. Nobody got up. I didn't know what to do. I didn't know. I've never seen a prayer line. This is my second night of hearing the Word of God. I have no clue what to do. And so finally, after he said, you're here. I need to pray for you. You can come up if you want to. I finally said, well, nobody's coming. My leg hurts really bad. I'm going to get up there. So I got up, and I got as close to him as Brandon is for me now. He said, no, I'll just speak the Word to you. You're healed. I went back and sat down. It didn't hurt anymore. The next day I took the leg brace off and played against my brother and my sister who are very good basketball players. You never let the younger ones beat the older one. You know what I mean? And I'm out there at the Zabawa's house across the street playing basketball and beating the two of them two on one. My mom came out of the house and yelled across Farnham Street for me to come home and get my brace on before I hurt myself. I never wore that thing again. All of a sudden, faith came alive. Answered prayers came alive. But I want to know how to use my faith. Just don't tell me I have to have it. Show me how to use it. Show me. Tell me. Teach me. Demonstrate with me. So, we're going to go to Mark. Chapter 11. Everybody has heard this. Everybody. But I'd like to make it practical. Jesus says, have faith in God. Literally, this is how you use the faith of God. When you use your faith, it's not according to your ability. It's according to the faith God gives you. You're growing the faith that he gave you. Jim McGaffin's faith can't get me very far. God's faith does miracles. Right. Amen. Just being normal, just being a human being. Are we good? Okay, this, and I took it out of all the different, this is mentioned three times in Scripture. Uh, and he cursed a fig tree in chapter 11, oh, back in 19 and verse 20 and 21. Now, he wasn't just being TV cursing. He cursed a tree. He said, no man eat food of you hereafter forever. If that doesn't change, his men are going to question his sanity. Nobody talks to a dadgum tree. They don't. And Jesus said, have faith in God. And that's where we're up in verse 22, 23. Have faith in God. For verily I say unto you that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed, cast in a sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but believe the things he says, he shall have what he says. Therefore I say unto you, whatsoever things you desire, when you pray, believe that you receive them, and you shall have them. Now you have to believe that you receive. Okay? If I told Roger right now, or Deborah Flanagan, here are my car keys. I've got $20 on uh, the passenger front seat for you. You would take the keys and you'd go. Why? 
you know me to be a man of my word. You have to get to where you believe God's word when he promises you. I would tell the boys sometimes, hey, we're going to get some ice cream later. Forgot. We were busy doing all kinds of stuff. And all around 10 o'clock, Mark, when are we getting the ice cream, Dad? Right now. We're going to load up and we're going to go get ice cream. Why? Because he counted on my word. It was as good as done. When you pray, believe you receive. Now, we've been to the Sea of Galilee there. And it's surrounded by small mountain, mountainous hill, particularly going up to the Golan Heights. Up there where it says the pigs fell off and drowned. We were, we've been there. I mean, it's, it's not like a rocky mountain, uh, but it is not a little hill either. And so he said, you can tell that mountain, get up and cast into the sea. There's the water right there, and it will obey you. It didn't say, it will obey me because I'm Jesus, and you're, ooh, wow, isn't he great? He's, he's chastising them like he did at the boat, telling them, why is it you have no faith? This is how you use it. It's not, shandai, hallelujah. No, it's practical day to day. Your kid falls over and gets hurt, you pray for him. You pray. Okay? You prayed for me for months. I had someone say that I deserted the church. I had seven operations in six months. I didn't desert. I couldn't get here. They had to hold me back on the day that I came. They, no, I don't think you're ready. I'm going. I'll call Uber or somebody. They're going to come get me, but I'm going to church. I need to be with people of like precious faith. I just need to be with them. Jesus is on here. He's telling them they have to believe. He used the word believe once, and he says what you say three times. If you're sitting there and say, well, I'm 20 years old or I'm 30 years old, I don't know what God could do with me. You have to believe his promises, which has your future connected to it. I'm not the same man. I got miracles happen in my life, so I shared the miracles, and my life changed. I wasn't a freak, but I had no problem. I got my knee healed. I got Randy Berg sitting on my front porch telling him what God did. He didn't want any of that Jesus stuff. He was my best friend. My knee healed. We'd go play basketball. Al Pallone, John Nicely, that's Omaha Mustangs football player. We're at UNO, and they notice I don't have the brace on anymore. Jim, why don't you wear the brace? I'll tell you after I beat you. And I told John Nicely, who at that time was a very quiet Christian, not out there very much. And it, it, John became a good friend. We introduced him to his wife. He was an usher at our wedding. And John's faith and testimony grew. I mean, how many Christian organizations have John come and share? He, he, hundreds have. I mean, John's just cool. But his faith from miracle situation took him somewhere else that he didn't know was coming. These guys, why is it you have no faith? You have to believe and speak it. Now, the problem with speaking it is you're, the first thing that comes to the carnality of our mind is, what if it doesn't happen, I'll look like an idiot. But what if it does? Are you willing? Are you willing? Are you willing to go help a kid who busted up his knee off a diving board and God instantly healed it? Are you willing to go out at Louisville Lakes 
where a lady's got her head cut by a shoe that a wood clogged shoe, and she needs stitches, and she's bleeding. And I lay hands on it, it stopped. And then they took it off, but it stopped. And everybody in the place was, how does he do that? I'm just a Christian that believes the promises and will say it. Well, I've gotten in trouble for saying it a few times. Um, mm, there was a memorial service for Josh Whalen. And the place was packed. TV crews were there. And I'm going to ask Josh to get up. Tabitha arrives. I'm going to tell him to get up. You did? Yeah, on TV. The, the TV crews wanted to know whether or not they were welcome in. I said, sure, it's not every day you get to film a man being raised from the dead. And I walked in. You said it? Yes, I'm still mad at Josh. When I get to heaven, he and I are going to have a talk. Because we knew he was right there in the spirit. It was that close. And we knew it. But we said it. We said it. Are you healed? Yeah. What's going on with your leg? I'm healed. I'm healed. And you're going to see me walk in here with a new leg. I got a testimony. I got things to share. Everything. So do you. I don't look like super pastor in a hospital on a bedpan when I'm sharing Jesus. Are, are you hearing me? He said you had to believe his word, but you have to speak it. Speaking it was three times more important. And I'm telling you today, in talking to Christians, they would rather call Pastor Jim at times and say, Pastor, will you pray? Then I'll say, well, let me, let me agree with you. You go ahead and pray. And it's, mm, they did not want that. Or my famous one, what scripture are you standing on? If you tell me to get in the Word of God one more time, <laughs> they get mad at me. But that's where faith comes from, hearing the God's Word. If you're not reading it, I've got an assignment for this church for 2022. I'm going to use that assignment every time I preach. I'm going to remind you. I'm going to remind you. Because obviously the apostles had a hard time remembering what they were just taught. They were more aware of what they were going through. Oh, look, the tree that you cursed yesterday has withered away. As if they didn't expect it. And I will just tolerate Jesus being a little weird. You know how he is. Are you all still here? Okay. Oh. Matthew chapter 8, let's go there. Now, every one of these examples of great faith should be coming out of your mouth in great faith in 22. What promise is the promise you're standing on for this year? What promises are you standing on today? What promises are you going to demonstrate to people when you run in contact with them? We have a waitress that we witnessed to. She asked us out for lunch tomorrow with her and her fiancé. They want to talk about us. They see a marriage that they like and they haven't seen one in their life. There's been divorces and abandonments and everything. They want to talk. Well, how come you didn't get them to church? That'll come. Right now they're hungry for the word. We're going to share the word. 
really? Yeah, one of the things that came out of this time uh, for me is then I got to see and talk to so many more people that are not in my normal daily path. I can go up to Eddie's or now uh, Casey's and get a paper and uh, uh, spritz of water and go out and stuff, and I see the same people all the time. I get to see a whole lot of new people. And Deborah and I are creatures of habit, so we have to break a habit and start going to some different restaurants. She, the young lady gets it. We go to the same two or three all the time because we like them. But, tell you a quick story, Olivia, she's a doll. She's in the National Guard. She's in boot camp and training. But we, she was our waitress many a time while she was a senior in high school. She went to Scott. I haven't seen her. Hadn't thought about her a whole lot. But we were at a restaurant where she used to work, at, where we're at, and she came running up and hugged on us and talked to us. And I'm sitting at the table, the wheelchair is out of sight. And I said, yeah, I've had a sort of t a tough year. Yeah, everybody here knows it. They all know you. I don't know all of them, but they know all about me. Evidently, waiter or waitress, what we share, how we handle it, we're sharing faith. Some of them have been here, and that some of them were the nine that were here. My point is this, is everyone in here, you don't have to be the most beautiful, most handsome, the richest. That, that means nothing. What does mean is God's promise coming out of your mouth. You can have a year filled with faith and answers and incredible times. And any hardship the world, as Jesus said, you'll have tribulation in this world. But build your house on the rock, being the word. He didn't say you wouldn't have tough times. This has not been a bowl of cherries half the time. But you know what? Witness to everybody. I witnessed to everybody. And I really, really witnessed to two nurses that saw me in the worst pain I've ever been in. I'm screaming. I'm ready to pass out. I would have been ready to go to heaven. The, the doctors couldn't do anything with it. This church prayed for me. Elders that I'm submitted to in this city prayed for me. And I was instantly healed. Now, two of those nurses were part of the nine people in the room trying to help me. And they came back later, and they're checking my bandages and doing everything. And I said, what are you two going to do with the miracle you saw today? And they look at it like, uh, like I didn't think about it. And I said, well, none of you and none of your medicine could get me out of pain. But my wife and our church pray, and I get instantly healed. And you see me now. You saw it happen. You saw me when I was terrible, and you see it now. The only reason that is is because God did a miracle for me. And you will never be able to forget this moment that I tell you, you saw a miracle. I don't know, it's 2 in the morning, and they're laying in bed, you know, sleeping and whatever. They're going to remember. They're going to remember. And if that's the seed, that's great. If that's the water, that's great. Somebody's going to harvest those lives for the kingdom of God. But I said something. Amen? Matthew chapter 8. Let's go there. Well, I've blown most of my time. Are we doing good? Are you learning? Now, I haven't learned my phone or the computer yet. I've had people sit down and try to explain it to me like I'm learning. I'm not. <laughs> it's now public. I'm not. 
You'll find out in just a few short minutes. I'm not. But you know what? I still have the instructions at my computer that Brandon came and spent two hours with me to get me started that I've never done. Why? I hate to feel dumb. I hate it. And when I can't master something real quick, when I can't get a start on it, I don't want to do it. I don't. You know, if you beat me playing basketball, that's fine. Next time I'll beat you. I'll work that much harder. I will win. That's how determined I am. So I have to learn the computer. Now the computer I have is 40 years old. Binary, no, it's not. <laughs> but for me, my stuff is old. I, what are apps? What are apps? I don't know. I'm going to learn what apps are. My point is this. You have to learn. You have to put the word in, and you have to practice. I won't, unless I put it in and start to practice, I will never grow in my computer skills. And you don't want me launching the missions to Mars on my ability, okay? Don't use a slingshot. Just no, you can't do that. My point for your faith you have to put it in and you have to speak it and act on it. Amen? Centurion, that is a Roman centurion, Matthew chapter 8, verse 5. And Jesus entered Capernaum, there came unto him a centurion, and seeing him said, Lord, my servant lieth and is sick of the palsy, grievously tormented. Literally put, he's dying shortly. This is so bad. And he said, Lord, Jesus said, I'll come and I'll heal him. The centurion answered and said, Lord, I'm not worthy that thou would come to my, under my roof, but speak the word only and my servant shall be healed. Here's a key component to faith. The centurion had no business as a Roman going to talk to a Jewish rabbi. Jesus was a rabbi. They don't talk. They don't mix in the same circles. The Romans are hated, and the Romans hate the Jews. Gosh, they hated the Jews. They couldn't beat them all, so they, what they did is they tried to blend in and water them down so they weren't the Jews of old. That's why when John the Baptist was in the wilderness, he was with the Essenes. They were the purest. They did not want to be contaminated by Rome. This centurion has at least a hundred, he could have a hundred up to a thousand men under his, his command. What he noticed by knowing Jesus, because Jesus was not in his daily circle, was that when Jesus spoke, he had authority. And Jesus says, I've not found such great faith in all of Israel. Now the people who should have had faith were those who had the word, who had a relationship with God, and Jesus said, I've not found this kind of faith in all of Israel. This is the kind, just speak the word only, and you'll be fine. Case in point, used it many times, I'll still use it. We're getting, the McGaffins get together for a Sunday night dinner, dad sits at one end, mom sits at the other, all the kids, we got... Uh, 
my wife's husband's family, the D-Scene's coming. We got every, we could have anywhere from 10 people to 30 people in the house on a Sunday night. It was just what we did. It was like family night. And my sister Kit was setting the table and she wanted to know, mom was in the kitchen, she's setting the table for all the people going to be there. It would save a lot of room if we could, if dad wasn't be there because there could be three place settings instead of just one. And so my sister Kit, Catherine, she uh, said, mom, do I set a place for dad? No, your dad's sick, he's not coming to dinner. And I said, set the place for him, I'll be right back. Mom, really, you want me to set a place for dad? He's not coming. I said, he's coming. I went up, prayed 10 seconds. He was down for dinner. But my sister said something. You know, when Jim starts talking like that, it usually happens. So I had family members that didn't have a great relationship with the Lord, but if they needed prayer, you know who they called? Moi. As much garbage as they gave me, they had respect for that. So the centurion just said, speak the word. Speak the word. Now the person who got healed was not there. So he sent his word to heal him. Are things making more sense? So if they're in Atlanta, Georgia with your family, send the word and heal them. If they're in Iraq or in a military station, wherever, send the word and heal them. Well, do you really think it's going to change? There you are in the hoping and thinking stage and not the believing and speaking boldness with the authority that God gave you. Your faith will grow when you start speaking it boldly. Simple as that. Okay, I don't have any time. Uh, go to Matthew 15. Now, in my day, the jokes were Pollock jokes. Why are all Pollock noses the best in the world? They're hand-picked. The Pollock jokes were the rage for about eight, years, eight to ten years. Who could come up with a new one? So if you had a Polish name, you knew you were going to get it. Come uh, St. Patrick's Day, if you were not an Irishman and people had jokes about the Irish, welcome to McGaffin land. Okay? So, in my culture, I didn't hang out other than my circle. Neither do you. And when you're exposed, the first time I played against an African-American in football, he was 200 pounds, played for cathedral grade school. I had to battle him at 150 pounds for the entire football game. He was hard to move out of the way. Played basketball first time at Boys Town in a tournament. And it's the first time I played against African Americans in basketball. I only played against white guys. I was scared. I was scared. But you know what? They weren't in my circle. Why is that important? Because there's a woman, a Canaanite woman, who was not in the Jewish circle. In Matthew 15, 22 through 28. She comes up and touches the hem of his garment. She has an issue of blood. Another thing, besides being a Canaanite, issue of blood is a big deal. It's contagious. or cause, She was not allowed in the normal crowd. Jesus is going to say uh, to his disciples, who touched me, 
There is a great multitude. That's a thousand plus people. And they're bumping into one another and they're trying to walk. But you know what? She got, if I just touch the hem of his garment, I'll be healed. She touches the hem. A rabbi's hem had little tassels on it all around. And each of those tassels had to do with a promise of God. She's saying, all I have to touch is the promise of healing on that garment and I'll be healed. And she was instantly. Now, she's not Jewish. But this is the one place he calls daughter. Calls her daughter. I, I just blown away. Just blown away. The Jews should have great faith. Here's this lady who doesn't belong, has a, has a disease nobody wants around them, and yet she gets healed. And then Jesus calls her daughter. Let me tell you, when you start praying for people, you get personally involved. Part of your heart, something, I don't know how it works, but when I pray for Brandon and Rosie and Charity, part of me's there. When I pray for Miss Susan and Tammy, they worked their tails off yesterday for La Boma because Mike wasn't there. I prayed for them. I'm so proud of them. Family. When the Felders come and deliver food on the holidays, and they delivered on the last one, which is the hardest to get every, everything done because we, between Thanksgiving and Christmas, getting to New Year's and getting it done is not easy to get the money, to get the time, to get the volunteers, to get it all done. And it got done with our normal first-class people. Are you still there? Here's one in Mark chapter 5. And then I'll go with your assignment. Mark chapter 5. Let's go there. That would be in the Gospel of Mark, not in Matthew. Mark 5. And we're going to start. Oh. Verse 22 through 42. Mark 5, 22. Many people followed him. And it says in verse 22, And behold, there cometh one of the rulers of the synagogue, Jairus by name, and fell at his feet, and besought him greatly. His little daughter lieth at the point of death. Here, Jairus is putting his career on the line as a ruler in the synagogue. You want nothing to do with Jesus from the Pharisees and Sadducees. You don't get close to that man. We want him gone. We want him dead. And he goes, he loves his daughter and he knows this man has power. And Jesus said, according to how you believed, be it done unto you. Jairus had to believe because it, it says they came and said, don't bother the master anymore. She's dead. And Jesus said, don't doubt, only believe. What are you believing for in 22? There's some things you need to say to yourself. Some things that are so personal that it's between you and the Lord and you say to yourself. You can't get over a problem, you can, you, you, 
It has to do with jobs. It has to do with the new baby coming and how it's going to change everything. There's some things you have to speak to yourself. It's part of believing and saying. There are other times you speak it out loud. But Jesus said to him here, Oh, where am I here? 22. And he went with him, and much people came with him. And this is the story of the lady with the issue of blood. Here's the other thing. Faith and time don't always agree. So he asked Jesus, Master, come pray for my daughter so she'll live. The lady with the issue of blood comes and interrupts it. And Jesus stops and says, who touched me? And that whole thing. Who knows, had he had not stopped, would he have gotten there before she died? It didn't bother Jesus. Faith pulled him. He knew virtue had gone out of him. Virtue is power. Power comes by the faith. And that's not being a crazy Christian. I'm just trying to make sure in 2022, this is the best year of this church. I want to go to two and three services in 22. I want to go to two or three services in 22. And shortly, I'm going back to a Wednesday night Bible study. We won't have child care and we won't have a band playing or anything like that. But I want to teach the word. I want to teach the word. I have had enough of a year where I couldn't. I want to teach. I want to grow. You'll come. We'll have fun. Okay. Um, the end of that scripture. Who touched me? Who touched me? Daughter, thy faith hath made thee well. We know it. He says, be not afraid, only believe. Why make this ado and weep when she is just asleep? Interesting thing I want to just throw in your thinking. How many like to think? Remember that Jesus took Peter, James, and John in to raise this girl from the dead. And he was there and he witnessed it. Peter, James, John. When Jesus has gone to heaven, Peter raises somebody from the dead, and the only difference in the story is and turning to her. Peter didn't look at the dead person. He prayed and kept his back to what was going on because he saw Jesus do it. He followed what Jesus did in faith, but he prayed first, then turned. You're going to learn all kinds of lessons this year on faith how to use it, when to use it, how to say it, you're just going to learn. You're just going to learn. And I'm going to teach about great faith for a long time. Faith, the church isn't known for faith anymore. There was a change in the 70s when Deborah and I got turned on. It was called the Word of Faith Movement. If you want to criticize it, it was called the Blab It and Grab It group. You know why? Because saints, for the first time, we're not expecting the minister or the priest to do it all for them. They're getting up and saying, God's word says this. I can have what God says. He loves me. He'll heal me. He'll take care of my kids. I have a future. I have a future. I'm not just going to sit there in church and twiddle my thumbs. God has a plan for my life, and he has one for your life. 
I can't do what you can do. You can't do what I can do. But together, we can get things done. Amen? Amen. John 14, 12, he said, greater works are you going to do because I go to the Father. Okay, greater works. Get a piece of paper out and say, what are the greater works I've done? Jesus just said, greater works will you do. Will you get out of the boat and walk? I would rather be a wet water walker than a dry boat talker. I'm going to go. Yeah, I'll go. I'll pray. I told Eileen Vincent when Alan fell back in Eastern Europe and broke his hip, I'll come. Did I have any money? Nope. You know what? I'm going to go. And she said, you're the only one that even offered. All the others, quote, quote, sons, nobody offered to come help. They'd already gotten him to London and had the op were going to have the operation. First thing out of me, faith. Yeah, I'll go. I'll go. And if I don't get to go, I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray. And it got healed. And I had a miracle happen in front of Eileen Vincent's eyes when Alan was not together mentally and she tried to warn me, when you go there, he will not recognize you. Well, Bill Gurman's over there and that's how far he was for me when I walked in the room. And I, that's not what I prayed. I prayed he'd recognize me and we could have a time to talk. I want him to become an intercessor here and in heaven for me. And he said he would. But you know what? At 30 feet, of 35 feet, whatever that is, he's sitting at a table with some people having lunch. He looks up and goes, Jim, it's so good to see you. Eileen, I thought, was going to fall on the floor. For the next hour, he and I talked, Eileen there, in his room. And I had him pray for me that what's been in his life would touch my life. That was a miracle of faith because that physically was not possible. Great things. You get great things. It doesn't matter if you're 15 or 85. Great things. Awesome things. Miracles. Miracles. I love Peter right after Jesus went to heaven. Well, silver and gold I don't have, but such that I have. Give I thee, in the name of Jesus, rise and walk. He knew what he got. And I will always ask the question of every person who attends this. Do you know what you've got? Then use it. That computer is worthless to me because I have not used it. I know where it is. I saw it this morning. I know what it looks like. I know where the instructions are, Brandon. I know right where they are. But it does me no good unless I use it. Your faith, do you know what you have? He's not a respecter of persons. Age, sex makes no difference. When the woman said, yeah, but at least the dogs get to eat the crumbs from the master's table, he said, great faith. For that statement, great faith. She, did, she wasn't Jewish. She was, didn't deserve it. He said, I come for just the lost household of Israel. And she said, true master, but even the dogs get the crumbs from the table. That's when he goes, great faith. Just take a little of what God's already given you and work it. Put it to work. I'm, I'm preaching myself happy. Luke chapter 10.
Luke chapter 10. Are you there? Okay. Again, I'm old school. You're on your computers. I'm reading my Bible. Oh, well. In chapter 10, verse 1, after these things, the Lord appointed the other 70 and sent them out two by two and before his face into every city and place whether he himself would come. I love that. Send them out two by two. Find someone to partner with with your faith. You can be married and still have a great relationship, let's say. Well, Deborah has several women that are that she's in heart with. There's no competition. But they pray and they have faith and they know what they're doing. Okay, that went over great. He then says, Lord, the harvest is plenteous. Send forth laborers to that harvest. First commission for everyone breathing in this room. Everyone who doesn't know Jesus is out there. And he's sending you forth in 22 to do. To show him. To demonstrate him. To be his love for people who are hurting. Every one of us. Every one of us. Xavier and Zion got filled with the Holy Ghost. I asked him, why did you get filled with the Holy Ghost? So I get more power? They know what they got. It just wasn't an experience. They know it brings power. Pray in the Holy Spirit, build yourself up in your most holy faith. Jude, verse 20. They both knew it. Separately, I asked them. They've been taught, they believe, they speak. You know what? They're 12 and 13, 7th and 8th grade. They're going to be miracles. You're not going to hold Zion down. <laughs> that is going to be, he's Mark on steroids. <laughs> he's going to be everywhere. Okay, we good? Now, this is what I want you to do. Um, can you give me a phone? I want to show you something I got in prayer. Okay. How many know that this is a light? How many have phones? Okay. How many know that I have the light on right now? Okay. Flip the lights. Turn your phones on. Turn your phones on. If you can text with not being able to see, you can turn your phones on. Look around the room, up in the balcony, in the sound booth. Look for the lights. Now, people that you will meet today at a restaurant or at a store, they're walking in that darkness. You try coming in here, and I know this room, and try to walk and not bump something. It's dark. But you know what? We're the light of the world. I'm not the only light. You've got to let it shine because the people who can't see are in dark don't know where they are. They don't know what's going to happen or could happen to them. But you can bring the light to them and show them the path. All you've got to do is believe and speak. Believe and speak. Miracles start happening in your life. Okay? Hit the lights back on. I have...
she has to turn my light. One of the things I will learn to do. Now hear me. I want to discipline you. I have to do floor exercises on my stomach and on my back to strengthen something I never thought I'd have to strengthen. My butt. My glutes. I've got to have a firm back end. Why? Because I have to learn to walk without looking like some big cripple. I'm going to walk normal. And that is the shifting in your hips and your hip flexors. You have to really do it. I, not on the floor. I have to get out of the wheelchair and onto the couch and onto the floor by myself. Do my exercises by myself. Three sets. And then get back up into the chair and back up into my wheelchair by myself. It ain't easy, but I can do it now because I practice it, because I believe in myself that I'm going to get to that point. So I'm going to do what it takes to get there. I have a leg they put on me. It's a, Tiffany, you know, the medical stuff, it's just a chore. But it's what I have to walk. And I walked at Madonna Rehab Center. How many feet? 260? I did 230 the first time to the amazement of my trainer. I did 260 the next time, and my gait at the end, I didn't get as tired. I was tired, believe me. But my gait became a flow. It wasn't staggering to do it. I practice it. I'm going to give you an assignment and every time I have the microphone I'm going to talk to you about the assignment for 2022. Are you ready for it? It's extremely simple. There's no reason why you cannot do it. But it's a question you have to do it. I want you to read. Now hear me. Start the day however you do, but don't wait until midnight at the end and you already had your... Because what you're reading will help you during the day. When I bump into people, I remember a scripture. Now today is the 9th all day. So I've read Proverbs 9. Tomorrow I'll read Proverbs 10. The next day I'll read Proverbs 11. And then I read at least one chapter in the epistles. Because that's, an, that's a picture of who we are. It's a mirror. First John and Ephesians and Romans are incredible about who you are in Jesus. So read a chapter. It takes you a few minutes. If you're sitting on the toilet doing your business, read a chapter. If you're getting your car washed, it takes seven minutes. Read a chapter. Read a chapter. One chapter in the New Testament and the proverb of the day. Every day in 22. The last part of the assignment is I want you to pray in tongues for 15 minutes. Pray in tongues for 15 minutes. Because it says when I do, and I don't have time, this will be my next, will be, uh, I'm supposed to desire spiritual gifts, not be afraid of them. I'm supposed to want them. I want to eat lunch today because I know their food's good for me. The gifts that God gives you are good for you. They're used for you privately and in prayer and the people you love and the people God sends you to. I tell you this story. Deborah and I are in Graz, 
Austria, eating a pizza. And lady next to us, she's staring. She's staring. I know she's staring at me. She's staring. Finally, I looked here and I said, hello? I said, oh, I'm sorry. It's so obvious that you and your wife are in love with each other. That's how we talk. And that's how we talk all the time. Whether we're kidding or serious, you, you can pick that up on us. We're a couple. We became one. She is the lady. And I am the man. <laughs> this lady loves her husband who died the night before. She has no family. His family, if there's any, they don't like her. She has no one. She's sitting at a table. She sees the way we go. And I could just hear the father say to Jesus, do we have anybody who could help Anna down there? She's hurting so bad. Do we have it? Oh, Jim and Deborah right there. I'll just use them. And God used us to touch her life. And Deborah still has a contact every once in a while from her from years back. God just looked at, who can I use? Who will hear me and who will say it? Who do I have? Not those ones that warm up you on Sunday morning. Who do I have that will hear me and say it? That's what tongues are good for. Because when I talk in tongues, I talk to God. It says, I speak it unto the Father. Howbeit I speak it mysteries. I've had some things in my life I don't have answers yet, but he has my answers. Whether heaven or here, he speaks mysteries. Things I don't know about and things that are coming that if I would talk to him, he would lead me into that knowledge so that I can believe it and speak it. Now, for everyone who's been so kind to me, I don't think thank you is good enough. But thank you for your faith and your prayers for me and my gummy worms, gummy bears. Thank you, Howard and Sheila. But you know what? It says, when I talk in tongues, I tell my Heavenly Father, thank you. I'm giving thanks well. I'm giving thanks that I didn't die and I could have. I'm giving thanks that I'm going to hold my grandson in May. I'm giving thanks for two and three services with people I haven't met yet. And some of them because I invited them. Someone will be here because you invited them. What if they say no? They already aren't coming. What do you got to lose? I'm just a little embarrassed. You're embarrassed about a Savior that wasn't embarrassed about going to the cross for you. Just break it down. He wasn't embarrassed to go to the cross for you. You can't even say his name. Yes, you can. This church is going to explode in growth and salvation. And people who are lost, who need to come, who walked away from God years ago, that get rekindled because of what you believe and what comes out of your mouth. Not just mine, but out of your mouth. So you're going to do proverb of the day, one epistle chapter a day. That will take you less than seven or eight minutes because I've timed it. But you're going to find an instruction in the song or in the proverb of how to love your wife better. It's there. How not to be a fool. There. How to control your temper. It's there in Proverbs because I've read it through. Oh gosh, I'm probably in the thousands by now how many times I've read it through. 
and I want to know who I am in Jesus. I want to know more. I want to know more of the privileges. I want to know more. How, if, if you have a car and you don't read the manual, huh? Everyone in here, I want you to partner with me. The proverb of the day, the epistle, just one chapter. Now we're only at seven minutes. I'm asking for 22 minutes out of your life. Facebook gets more than that. Cable TV and all that other TV gets more than that. I want you to pray in tongues for 15 minutes. And it'll seem like boring right off the bat. I've never done this. That's right. You haven't done that before. But it is a gift that works in your life. And it brings mysteries. And you get to tell Heavenly Father, thank you. Thank you. It also says praying in the Spirit is a song to God in the book of Revelation. I appreciate these people playing and singing. What is heaven going to be like? They don't even need a sound system. Singing and praising. This, in Revelation it says praying in the Spirit is a song to God. And I want to sing Him a song. I want to sing Him a song. Amen? Amen. Will you partner with me? And I'm asking the Holy Spirit to keep this alive in you so you don't forget. Okay? But I'm going to talk to you about your promise. It'll change your life and it'll get it out of your mouth because it's in your heart. Now, anyone in here who doesn't pray in the Spirit, do what I did. It was a gift. Ask Him for the gift. He freely gives it. What's going to happen? Well, it took me about two weeks to get to the point where I believed I could, where I was by myself and believed I could. It's not churchy. It's not to show off. It became a language between my Heavenly Father and myself. And by the way, when you practice this, just ask Him. He'll give it to you. It's been clinically proven, medically, that it, speaking in tongues does not come from the same area you do when you speak to me. It comes from an er another area. Not what you normally talk. You're talking to God. You're not being weird. You're just talking to God. And I can right now. And I'm not weird. But when I've been afraid, when those guys are pounding on my door in Nigeria, going to come in and kill me or rob from me, I'm just screaming in tongues. I don't know how big the angelic group was that chased them away. They ran. They left my door real quick. I found it useful, helpful, beneficial. I cried out, Daddy! Real quick, and my father heard it, and he helped me. He'll help you. Okay, one more time. I've gone as long as I can go. You must keep your word to me, and I'll keep mine to you. It's not a cult thing. It's a faith thing. Proverb, one chapter, 15 minutes. And if little X and Zai can get filled with the Holy Ghost, I got news for you, you can too. Just take away the fear. I wouldn't give my kids anything to be afraid of. And I'm an earthly dad. How much more will you have a father give the Holy Spirit to them to ask? It's a gift. Amen?
Mighty works they couldn't do in Mark chapter 6 because of unbelief. You are the light of the world. You are the light of the world. Don't let that picture which you saw the lights in here. You come in here sometime in the, at night and the lights are off, you will hit something. You, you, you'll bump into something, let's say. But not when you have the light. And you're the light. And all I need to hear is Brandon say, Pastor, you want me to get the lights? Yeah, I'll get the lights. You get the lights. Teach your kids how to do it. Teach your grandkids how to do it. James got filled with the Holy Ghost talking in tongues at four. I said, what are you doing? He goes, I'm talking in tongues. Like, duh, Dad, you're the preacher. <laughs> you ought to get a hold of this. I'm believing that my grandson will beat James. Mercedes laid hands on mannequins at Yonkers and Brandeis, believing for arms to grow and legs to grow. I went to stop her in the Holy Spirit. Don't let her. Don't stop her. Let her go. So even if it meant we took an extra 10 minutes to get out of Yonkers, she prayed for every mannequin there was. But by 7 or 8, if you want to get healed, she can pray. Adults would pass me and get to her because they got healed. She learned it by doing it. By believing God would. God loved her, so why not? You could be the employee that wins souls. You could be. I want, last thing, when I'm a clown does her stuff, I wonder how many thousands of kids now her life is touched. When I get to heaven, how many did I touch, Lord? Did I do a good job? Was I that faithful servant that loved you? And did I do a good job? We have a promise for calendar year 2022. We got a lot to do. We got a lot to do. We got a lot to do. to say something. I hadn't mentioned the Wednesday night to Mercedes per se. She's listening or they, I'm off. Whatever. But I heard by the Holy Ghost, I have to do something. So whether I'm doing a Bible study for me or the place packs out, come February, first Wednesday in February, I'll be here. Seven o'clock. I'll go an hour people need prayer, you can stay and we'll pray for you. But you know what? We're going to fill this place. Three services. And you know what? They can be filled with people that you touched with the love of Jesus Christ. Simple. How many people will Parker win to Jesus in 2022? That kid has a story. Amen. I'm, I've gone nine minutes too long. But can you, I'll let you count that as your 22 minutes today. <laughs> if you have to. But you know what? Think in a calendar year. Think of how you're going to grow. And think of great faith in how he's going to use you.
This is just a tool to get to the desired results. Amen? Amen. Amen. Well, uh, stand your feet. Remember the picture of the lights. I think that was significant. The image it brings to you. In a few short weeks, I will stand to my feet with you. Amen? Amen. Everybody has great faith and great goals and things to get done. So let's do them. Cool. I'm glad Mitchell got a chance to be here today and had help in the children so he could hear this. It's a promise. It's a promise that we keep amongst ourselves. And in doing so, it'll cause faith to come alive to pray for your spouse and your family. It'll cause faith alive just to pray for me. Just pray. I need it. Pray for every time the Lowry family sticks their neck out and she does I'm a clown and touches lives. Pray for them. Get a schedule. Got a lot of people gone today. Well, they're going to get stuck here in a whole much more about great faith. Just the way it is. Go get them. Let God use you. Like I said, the Father said, do we have anybody who can help her? We got Jim and Deb right there. Okay. He's got you. He's got you. He's got you. I'll just send Roger. Jake Whalen, I took him to a prayer meeting for we're going to walk neighborhoods. There's about, oh, 60, 70 people there. Uh, the guy who's leading it came to me and said, Jim, can you have your ushers uh, get them in groups of four or five? I said, how many do you want? He goes, just do five. So we had, what is it, 15 groups. But you know who my usher was that day? Jake Whalen. He's 20 years old. And he's telling all these adults how to get in stuff like this and get where they need to be. And the guy in charge who's now in heaven, Dave Garrels, comes to me and said, I was surprised who you used, but I knew if he was with you, he could do the job. If you're part of Liberty Church to give God glory, let's do the job in 22. Amen? Now go home. Thanks for joining us. We hope you enjoyed today's message. We always want to encourage those of you who have a story of how God is working in your life through this ministry to send us an email to amen at libertyofomaha.com. For more information on Liberty Church, visit libertyofomaha.com. Thanks for joining us and have a credible week.